Good morning. And it's gonna be the first first uh, driving theology podcast of the new school year. It is I don't know something like April fourth. I'm sure what day it is. April fourth, April fifth, and the uh, Japanese school year starts this time. So I'm heading off. To as usual, to my uh, class, and uh, got you to keep me company. Uh, thank you guys again, whoever's been listening to these things. Uh, I'm always surprised that anyone listens, uh, and happy. Uh, but if you get a chance, please leave some feedback. I would love to hear your comments on you know, just the, the podcast in general, perhaps, and how you think uh, that is going, the, the format and whatnot. And, uh, how, yeah, how you like the format, whether it, you know, all of the car noise and all that stuff is a problem for you, if you'd rather have it silent, but mostly about the content. Uh, is the content speaking to you? Is there something you look forward to? Is there is there something you'd like me to, to, to have a little stream of consciousness uh, session on, which is really what I do uh, on these things. So yeah, I would love to hear from you about that and uh, yeah, just hear from you for any reason. It'd be great. Uh, so here's what's been going on with us. We've had a uh, team of uh, Thai uh, young women women uh, in our house for the last, uh, I don't know, four days. And they are friends of ours from Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is the northern capital of Thailand. Um, they are, five of them are Christians involved in uh, some kind of either currently or previously involved in some kind of missions. Uh, and they've, two of them have been missionaries to Japan. Uh, actually, one of them is an American from Michigan, but she's a missionary in Thailand. She's on the Thai team, but she's an American. Uh, anyway, so we've been hosting them at, their ho- at our house, the six of them. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We love these girls like our family and, and uh, we love to go to Thailand when we have a chance. We, we haven't been there very often, but, but we are glad that we have brothers and sisters in Christ over there and, and uh, who like to come and visit us from time to time and who we like to go visit from time to time. So yeah, they've been here and uh, another uh, former missionary to Japan who is now involved kind of in short-term missions. She's She's working for a church and she's uh, working in the missions department of a very large church in Canada and uh, she got to come back she was a missionary in this area for many years and she even worked at our English school for a couple years uh, as well as uh, uh, came as a her, her first trips here were as part time uh, uh, short term mission trips six weeks at a time I think for summers while she was in college but uh, now back in Canada after about 
10 years over here, I suppose, or more, uh, and working for a church in missions, and she's here this week as well on a missions capacity. Um, but that's one of the aspects that, that I think people who are not involved in Christianity, uh, I think it's one of the things that surprises them, that that Christians really practice, that. I would say especially in the places of the world where uh, Christians are not a majority, and to say Christians are not a majority in Japan and Thailand is a gross understatement. I think Christians may make up respectively 1% to 3% of those populations. But because of that, we we really cling to each other, I think. We, we see each other as family, I would say, in a very real way, you know. They're welcome to come and stay at our house for no charge. They allow us to go and stay at their house for no charge. It's just like we're family. It's, it's like having a big extended family. Uh, and, and that aspect of the Christian life you know, I have a lot of problems with the way Christianity has worked out uh, over the years, obviously. But that's not one that I would take issue with. That's one that I would I would say is is evidence that that the Spirit is working in the church, uh, regardless of the problems I have with her. <laughs> obviously, um, uh, but I would say that is. That is one of the things that you could point to that would say, you know, uh, wow, these these people truly love each other. They accept each other. Um, and uh, yeah, now sometimes, in a negative way, the way that works out is is only people in the, in the same denomination really accept each other, and and that that kind of comes into play in this case because. Most of the Thai team come from the Church of Christ denomination. Most of them, um, as as we come from that background, even though we don't necessarily exclusively identify as Church of Christ now. Uh, I don't like to identify myself as a any kind of a belonging to any single denomination, but just the the body of Christ at at large. Um, but, you know, our backgrounds are similar, and, and that does come into play. But there are other people um, who were not necessarily raised in that tradition who also are family to us, very dear. Um, so the, the family aspect of the body of Christ, I think, is amazing. And I've seen that all, you know, growing up as a kid and in, in the very, very traditional conservative churches of Christ um, I, I I even saw that growing up you know we would have youth groups and uh, our youth rallies which is a weekend long uh, sort of a, a revival for, for kids I guess for teenagers and you know instead of having to stay in hotels or pay for places of course we'd stay in members the, the hosting churches members homes you know uh, and that was, you know, that was almost always a great experience. Not always. I think some people maybe felt obligated at times, but, but generally speaking, you know, that's that's something that's expected. 
um, that you would allow another Christian to, to stay in your home. And of course, uh, the Bible talks about being a person of hospitality, you know, that hospitality and welcoming the, the, the stranger and the foreigner and, and, you know, the traveler, I think is a very uh, biblical, even Jewish um, virtue. So that's something I love about the body of Christ, no, no matter what other problems I have with her. Um, that's something that I appreciate and I notice and, uh, and, uh, yeah. And not that, just not that I only, you know, give, but I, I receive that as well from other people. I receive that same welcome and, and it's always a joy. Um, so, uh, back to the ex-missionary friend who is back in Canada. We talked about something last night, and that was short-term missions. And uh, having been in Japan 22 years now, um, most of the missions efforts that I've been involved with from being a part of my church have been short-term missions, I would say. Um, churches sending teams for, you know, two weeks to six weeks, uh, usually during the summer. And so we were talking last night, she was just kind of brainstorming on the effectiveness of short-term missions in Japan. Of course, this context and every context has a different experience and, and is going to uh, have a unique set of uh, benefits and challenges, I think, to short-term uh, short missions. Um, but, you know, we were just brainstorming and, and wondering, you know, is it even worth it to bring a, a team for a short time? And, and uh, you know, th these kinds of things uh, in the institutional church, of course, are very real things that are talked about and, and uh, debated and uh, planned and, and sometimes canceled. And, you know, it, it's, it's something that is happening. People, people want to be a part of the mission effort, but they for whatever reason, are unable to commit long-term uh, to be missionaries um, sent out into foreign lands, but they would love, you know, to get a taste and to be a part of it a little bit. But there has been a big debate in uh, missiology about the effectiveness of, of short-term missions. And uh, I would say in the last decade, uh, it really hit its peak. Um, at least in this area, in Japan, it seems like the 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 time has passed a bit, and maybe that's because the desired results uh, did not meet expectations. Maybe uh, I'm not sure why, but it seems like churches in Japan are hosting fewer um, short-term missions teams, um, and I know that's true. Uh, we stopped um, in the in the uh, church that we were involved in up until three years ago. We had we had stopped. Actually, it's almost been four. It'll be four years this year. Wow. Uh, we had already stopped uh, receiving teams just because it's you know to receive a team for a small Japanese church is actually you know quite an undertaking. There's a lot of uh, busy work that the members have to. Do have to do and when you are 
a typical Japanese church, number one, you probably don't have more than 20 members. And of those 20 members, probably half or more than half are, are over 65. Uh, in good health, over 65, but you know, older nonetheless. And the younger people generally don't have the time uh, or the resources necessarily uh, to do the kind of work to host a team. And so it falls to the older people. Uh, and by and large, the you know the teams that we've been involved with, uh, you know they, they've they've been great, great people. Uh, in fact, many of them have, have become family to us, uh, and have even come back for longer term missions uh, and or to work in our English school uh, through short term missions. So we've met a lot of great people through those types of programs who who wanted to go farther. And other people who couldn't go farther, but they continually came back and returned uh, as short-term missionaries. Um, so, so, yeah, so we were just brainstorming, you know, what is something that a, a two-week team can accomplish? Is it is it really worth it for a two-week team to go into a foreign country like Japan uh, without much experience and is there any good they can do and would they be more of a burden or would they be a benefit you know and there's always that kind of a you've always got to strike that balance and you need to to pray that out and think that out and to figure out you know God's calling on that thing is that is that something that that the Lord is is calling us to do is he directing that work or is that just something that comes from us that we want to do? You know, um, so I really didn't have a definitive answer to something like that. I think they can do a good job, but of course it depends on you know who the team members are. Every team is a completely different you know animal, an animal of a different color, a bird of a different feather. Every team has a has a personality, um, and then you know other other things come into play. Like you're only as strong as your weakest link, and, and all of these kinds of things. So you really have to work together as a team. Then you have the language barrier, the culture barrier. You've got jet lag that's going to pretty much lay you out for maybe you know 20 percent of your time if you're here for two weeks. It's going to make two weeks really difficult, or, or two. 20% you know, of the two weeks very difficult uh, because of the time difference of coming from North America over here and things like that. So, so I, I really appreciated though her, you know, asking our opinions. It's something that we kind of talk through. There has been a, some written recently, some some articles um, on the effectiveness of short-term missions because there have been some horror stories of and, and I've noticed them too back back in uh, six years ago during the uh, the aftermath of the uh, the uh, earthquake and tsunami in Japan in 2011 there were a lot of short-term missions sent for relief work um, and there were a few teams that that come to mind that stick out that were definitely more of a burden on us 
than the help that they gave the people of Japan. Uh, that they became more of a, a liability uh, than a benefit. Um, and that happens all around the world. Uh, because generally, short-term missions, people are not qualified or experienced. Uh, missionaries, certainly. Uh, but sometimes not even mature Christians. And so, you know, there is that kind of a thing that can happen, you know. Uh, now, in their defense, no one knows until you've gone to a foreign country just how you will react. Um, it's sort of like, um, you know, trying something radical for the first time, you know, something that you've never even thought of doing. And so you don't know how you are going to react emotionally, uh, sometimes even physically when you're dropped into the middle of a, another culture. And so, you know, that's not something you can always foresee. And I, I'm sure, you know, teams do the best they can to, to choose good people. Um, but oftentimes, you know, they just allow whoever wants to go and whoever is willing to pay um, to go. You know, it's it's basically a, a willingness. If you're willing, then let's do it kind of thing. And you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's wrong. Uh, I'm not even going to say that necessarily somebody coming over and being a burden instead of a benefit is necessarily wrong. Because who knows that that experience, even though it was hard on the, you know, on the, on the local people, could still lead that person to a greater maturity, and the local people as well. You know, um, I kind of think that there are certain people that are put into our lives that are challenging, and they are meant to help us grow in our maturity and Christ-likeness. Um, kind of look at Peter as that kind of person for Jesus, you know. If Jesus is our example on how to endure people, you know, you might you might think of Peter that way. Peter quite often uh, spoke without thinking and and uh, of course he, he betrayed Jesus um, or denied. We usually say denied, we don't say betrayed, but, but a denial is a betrayal. We usually put the be betrayer label on Judas, but really, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's kind of semantics if you ask me. But at any rate, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we can ascertain God's will on every single matter. I'm not sure God cares to intervene on every single little thing that we do. Um, I think what he does want us to do is react to those situations in a certain way, a way that, that glorifies him, uh, and in a way that, that promotes the kingdom of heaven, that, uh, you know, when you've got a member of a, a missions team that is misbehaving, you know, that's an opportunity to lovingly correct them 
have to let them know that no matter their behavior, we love them and God loves them. And it becomes a, a situation that can be uh, a testimony, uh, a testimony of, of how Jesus' love moves through us. So to say that, you know, a team member who does something wrong in a foreign country, that that was a bad decision that they should go, I, I don't think we have that kind of, uh, we're, we're not that far-sighted. Uh, we, we can't know what effect that will have eventually. But we should know, and we, we should have the faith to know that, that the Lord will work all of that out and re reconcile all of the people involved and all of the actions involved back to himself. Uh, and that the way we handle those situations is vastly more important than what, what caused the situation, I think. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Um, so I say, whatever you do, you know, if you decide to go on a short-term mission, uh, a short—I don't know—I've said it—a short-term mission trip. Just be prepared to handle whatever situation comes up lovingly and with self-control.